oh, why not take a break? You can pause that game you're playing and instead listen to Nintendvania. Welcome to the show, a fortnightly Nintendo gaming podcast. I'm your host, Josh, or JT, if you like. And in this episode, we're discussing the new Game Boy NSO games that hit the service. This time, the hidden gems, The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Ages, and Oracle of Seasons are here. We're going to chat why these are probably one of the more underrated games in the series. A rare Labo Switch console has been found and acquired. We're going to go over the competition details and how the console got found for people to now see. Nintendo has revealed its latest sales numbers. How far up the top 10 has Tears of the Kingdom gone? Another Switch successor rumor does the rounds. Um, a big one. We're going to talk all about that. Um, I still love Pikmin. I still want to talk about Pikmin. So let's talk about the best types of Pikmin and the funnily named treasures that they go after. And for Weird Nintendo, we've found the ultimate way to market Pikmin games as a way for parents to control their kids. Stay tuned for that. And to help me navigate through this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest. This person is a viral Nintendo TikToker, YouTuber, and co-host of the Nintendo Powercast. Like me, they work in finance during the day, crunching numbers, working on boring stuff, and by night, they become more creative. It's Janibo. How you going, mate? Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I, uh... I love Pikmin too, and I was looking up some funny names, so I'm excited to talk about that. Thank you. You're a, you're a fellow Pikminer like me. I uh, I thought, yeah, you're, you're going to be good for this. You've you've been vocal on your socials and and in your content about how much you love Pikmin, and um, I need to get all of us together in the room because we need to talk about it more, and we need to sort of project ourselves out and and, and get other people to play it. That, that is that is my quest with this podcast at the moment <laughs> to get people onto Pikmin Four to play that. Um, I mentioned in my intro um, the Nintendo Powercast, but a new one for you is the Communication Error Podcast. So this is a gaming debate podcast that you and Cheesy have uh, come up with. Um, how's that been going so far? You're about 14 episodes in, I think, yeah. from the last time I saw. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's 14. I think we have 15 coming up yep. this week. It's been, it's been great. Um, I know you had Cheesy on a couple episodes yeah. ago. And yeah. I think me and him just have like this this good dynamic that kind of you know we butt heads a lot but it's it's all it's all in good fun and uh, we've been having a good time with that we've been talking about some interesting topics and I think this this upcoming one is going to be fun especially for Nintendo fans and it's gameplay versus graphics oh yes okay uh, because we're not you know we're Nintendo fans we're not the graphics aren't mind-blowing but the gameplay always is so. that's right that that's what uh we we would prefer i suppose so um yeah, it'd be good to sort of hear would you have someone guesting who might not be as nintendo focused who might come from no, the other so that's that's our that's our i don't know if this is a problem but we're nintendo focused <laughs> and we only really know nintendo focused yeah. people so it, it leans heavy but uh we won't have a guest this week the following week we do have a guest who is also who likes Pokemon? So I mean, it's a good one because those graphics are uh, <laughs> not great. <laughs> oh, they hurt my eyes, especially that last one. Um, man, that that's <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is it's horrible where it is right now for the Pokemon and the three years. No matter what, you're, you're releasing something, so um, not a fun time if you're a Pokemon fan. I mean, the gameplay is very good, and I suppose that's the main thing at the end of the day. Exactly, that's, uh, exactly. That's yeah, the, uh... that's right. Um, 
I, uh, your latest episode that's out right now um, was on 2D versus 3D gaming, and it had um, featuring Riley Little, the Walmart gaming social dude. I've seen his content before, and he's very funny. And then finding finding yeah. out that that this is the guy behind the, these funny memes and things he creates on on or X now or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that was very cool. What was yeah, it was like good. having him on? It was very interesting because you know uh, after talking to him, he's been in the like industry for a while. Mm. I guess he he was on he started on Screen Rant and Game Rant, and then that then he moved to Walmart Canada Gaming. So just getting some insight from him on like how that all worked out, and it, it was very fascinating because he is living the dream that we want that we all want. Yes, uh, I, th- I think he gets a bit of freedom, doesn't he, to sort of come up with these things, and I don't know, just. Uh, um, yeah, like, like you said, living living our dreams and following his passion with gaming and to, to have that sort of platform is a very cool thing. So um, that was awesome that you got to get him on the show. Um, yeah, you're doing it weekly at the moment, aren't you? So you're, you're pumping out the episodes. Yes. Um, how's this been with the extra sort of workload and uh, um, extra podcast, a- I suppose, managing all of this? Yeah, we, uh, we, we joked about how podcasts are like cats. They just kind of multiply. <laughs> So now we're like I, I'm on you know communication air and then also the Nintendo Powercast, and we're both on both those shows. So you know we talk to each other fairly often throughout the week, and it's uh it doesn't add too much work, but it is uh it, it's been it's been fun, and I think as long as we're both enjoying it, it's it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it it you can never do one as a podcaster. I think it kind of uh, you 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 bang the nail on the head there. It's um yeah. Once you start, there's other ones, and and obviously you're guessing on on mine today, and cheesy has in the past as well. So uh, just uh you know uh yeah, we were talking to enough. uh and we were also talking to Seth from Carpool Gaming. Yes, uh, he's on the Nintendo Drive, and uh, he does. I think he said he does six a week. That Crazy, is, that is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. This is his full time thing, though, isn't it? So uh, he's uh, got yeah. a bit more time. But um, Seth Tuttle here, he's uh, yeah, very good on the Nintendo Drive, and then uh, he's all in with Eric as well. So yeah, that's another good podcast to check out. Um, uh, I, you've been on the show before, but um, this is a new segment that I have been doing with guests, and so it is called Ice Climbers Breakers. So it's Icebreakers. Um, I'm just going to ask you some quick yes or no, or you, you just give me an answer to one of these things, and then we can okay. debate it a little. Uh, Nintendo 64 GameCube. 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 Just better games? Grew up with it? Yeah, and uh, like N64, uh, I think I've been pretty vocal on how I don't think those games hold up at yes. all. Like, I don't yeah. even like, I don't even think, like, I don't even like playing Mario 64 I think it hurts. Camera. It hurts me these days to do it. <laughs> Sun, sunshine's yeah, a much more ex- enjoyable experience for me these days, and that's yeah, I suppose that's sun- saying something. Yeah, even even choosing between, besides, sunshine doesn't hold up that well either. The camera on that one. Oh man, yes, too. yeah, some some tough platforming <laughs> there as well. Um, the best Mario Party. What, what one's the best one? Um, oh, I want to go with Mario Party Four. Just because Ooh. that's the one I played the most. The first GameCube one, yes, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love, I love six. I just love the the mini games and that, and then the day night dynamic adds a little bit of you know variation to it all. Um, I don't, I just feel they got the most rounded mini games in, in number six. Yeah, 
I don't remember that one too much. I remember Seven had the microphone. Was that the one with the microphone? Yeah, I feel like they both did, didn't they? But yeah, Seven was big on the microphone. Yeah, I've never played Seven. That's like like the rarest one, isn't it, out of all the Mario Parties? And so I've never never owned it, never played it. Just you know, uh, Mario Party Superstars, those mini games from Seven in that, and, that, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I will I will say Mario Party Superstars is probably the best Mario Party. It, it, yeah, for your for your money, it's. It's fantastic. Yeah, all of it in one. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And then uh, finally, the best calculator game on Switch. You are the expert on this. I need I need your <laughs> thoughts. What's the best one? Okay, right, so if I want to waste know, money, the, there's the 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 standard calculator. Yeah, that's always a that's always a good option. Uh, if you want to spend ten dollars on a calculator, yep. there you go. And then, but there's also battle calculator where you could battle your friends. It has very intense music for a calculator game intense music for a calculator <laughs> yeah there's there's music in the background and i just got a new one it's called calculator maker <laughs> and also we're talking about pikmin and there's a calculator in pikmin so there is as well actually i, I found there's two there's two calculators in pikmin <laughs> so pick pikmin yeah i love that pick, yeah, the pick, pikmin pick. calculator there you go pikmin's the best calculator game on switch get around it um <laughs> you will get a sponsorship for one of these games surely one yeah, day I, I gotta pick you up made, i definitely made my that the calculator on the eShop is always on sale for like a dollar but yeah. i bought it for ten dollars but i definitely <laughs> made my my money back easily hand over fist with the with the content you made yeah with uh, the content yeah correct i love that i love that <laughs> <laughs> um so that's icebreakers i love it it's a nice little uh segment there it's uh i think it's going well i'm gonna keep it in um before we get into the news, I want to thank everyone for supporting the show in whatever way they do. Um, if you're new to the show, loving what you're listening to, please feel free to leave a five-star rating. If you've been listening for a while and haven't done it yet, please feel free to add a five-star rating. Um, uh, show notes will have everything else that you can do to support the show from Patreon, um, where we have other exclusive content. And, um, you know, if you want to just join our free Discord, we're having some good chats on there, slowly building that up, and would love to have more people out. Um, also want to shout out to Drew from The House of Mario. His show, The House of Mario, returned the other day after a little, little hiatus. So good to have him back. And then he's had a new show, and it's called Sleepovers at The House of Mario, where he has a guest on every episode. Um, listen to the first one with Seth, $2 Hero, was his first guest on that. Um, uh, mostly through it, it's a big three-hour opening episode, um, but uh, good stuff, Drew. Welcome back, mate, and uh, really happy for you to be back and recording. Alrighty, uh, John, what have you been playing lately? Have you had any cool pickups as well? Anything Anything new? So, uh, I you know, I beat Pikmin, I guess, a couple of weeks. Oh, I, ran, I rolled credits, I didn't. I haven't done the post credit stuff. So I was looking for games to play. So I've been picking up little games. I got the Double Dragon Rise of Dragons new game. Yes. It's like a, like a roguelite ver- like type of Double Dragon. I don't I don't know how I feel about it yet. I played it for like an hour last night and I was able to clear like the main story. Mm. It's not like a roguelike that I'm used to where I you know you lose constantly. Yes. It's not as difficult as like a dead cells or dead Hades cells. or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but still a good time. The true. It's it, yeah, it was still fun. It's still beat them up. I love the pixel art. 
it's a beautiful game. I, I was playing on the OLED. It looks fin- fantastic on the OLED. Uh, Everything but does. the true gem that I got is called Brotato. <laughs> <laughs> it's five dollars on the eShop. <laughs> I don't know if I can recommend this game enough. Oh, uh, like have you played- like Jim Jim Potatoes, Jim Bro Potatoes? Is that is that what I'm thinking here? Oh, man. Uh, no. No, that's like they don't even look like a. It doesn't even look like a potato. It's just like a, it looks kind of looks like an egg. Uh, the how do you spell have it? Have you ever played vampires? Vampire survivors. B R O T A T O. Brotato. Brotato. Is it like it's, vampire survivors? Yeah. So it's like vampire survivors light. I would say. And since yeah. we have to wait a little bit to get Vampire Survivors, it's uh, all right. Here, here it's it is so now. Stupid. Oh man. Okay. Oh yes, I see how it's like Vampire Survivors. Yeah. So you got swarms of uh, things attacking you, and you're the potato. Is that a potato or you're an egg? Yeah, it's supposed to be a potato. Okay. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's five. It's five dollars. <laughs> I spent three hours last night playing it. <laughs> so it's, it's good fun. Just, yeah, it's good fun. And then, you, you know, similar to Vampire Survivors, you unlock uh, items and, and weapons. It's a little bit different. There's like a shop as opposed to, you know, when you level up, you get weapons or, or items. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it seems, seems very similar. So, yeah. Nice. I love it's, it. It's just stupid fun. It's five bucks and it's holding me over until. Vampire Survivor comes out, I think, on the seventeenth. Yes, this is yes. Um, later this month, finally getting uh, Vampire Survivors on the Switch. That that would be a great game to to play. So that might even be one I get on the Switch because I did see it on Xbox on Game Pass, and I thought I hope that does come to the Switch. And then with the direct earlier uh, the other month, they have you played it? Then. Have you played it before? No, I haven't. But I just feel like it'd be something I you know like like you said, you could just sink a, a few hours into when you don't want to you know play anything too strenuous yeah. or anything like that and uh, ha- have a good time with it um I, had, I can't remember who i had on but i mentioned at the time when it got announced i thought it was a castlevania game when i saw dracula at, at first <laughs> so i got very excited and also like also like hang on it's still good well, it's the, vampire survivors so. there is a character that kind of looks like richter okay so they, it, 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 yeah. it is it is referencing castlevania or, uh, yeah, like the pixel art kind of looks like it. I, I, Vampire Survivors for you and for anybody, definitely pick it up. It's probably going to be five, seven dollars, maybe. It's like yeah. it's very cheap, it's a very cheap game. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some DLC for like two bucks, but it, it's definitely, definitely worth it. Worth the time. Yeah. I've, I've heard some great things about it. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, I'll, I'll definitely be picking it up when it does come out in a couple of weeks. I'm afraid it's gonna make the switch explode, though, because I don't know. There, there are some times where there are like too many things on the thousand, screen, thousands of enemies, and then your <laughs> your characters like shooting all over the place. It runs on phones, so it should be fine. Hopefully, then. <laughs> it should be okay. It's not a guarantee, though, is it? With the switch these days, uh, that's funny. Um, for for me, speaking of Castlevania, I picked up. Um, Limited Run Games have a, just last week, had the pre-orders open for the Castlevania Advance Collection. So 
I picked up the uh, limited run Switch Edition. Um, you get your choice of covers, and so you obviously uh, Circle of the Moon you can choose from. Um, uh, you get Vampire X, which I don't know many people will select. Um, also, Harmony of Distance and Aria of Sorrow. I've chosen the Aria of Sorrow cover. Um, easily my favourite uh, Castlevania Advance game of the three. And, um, yeah, I can't wait for this. I really, really wanted a physical version of this. So very, very excited that Limited Run announced this one. Uh, that's coming out. It will be sent, I think, pre-orders end next month or sometime. So um, PlayStation and Xbox as well, if you're looking um, to add this one to your physical collection. So um, outside of that, picked up the Pyra and Mithra Amiibo. So these these are some very cool detailed Amiibo that might be the last in the Smash Bros. series now because I don't know. What? I got... I, they haven't, what about Sora? They, haven't, they never mentioned Sora. In whenever it got announced, and there've been there's no 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 whisper of it, so I, I have this suspicion that Sora's never going to come. I don't know. Is it? Do you think it's because it has the the Mickey Mouse chain on the on the Keyblade? Yeah, yeah. I think Disney would be. Yeah, you can add it to the game, and that would have been a like a really really tough process for you know for Nintendo and and um you know uh, for them to negotiate through and i don't know i just think merch and stuff not too too far for disney maybe and that might have been the concession they had to make that would be disappointing because you have every other character from the game yes and then you're not i I did see something that they never announced sora as an as an amiibo so oh that sucks yeah I, i didn't i was not lucky enough to get pirate mithra i cannot i cannot find it Okay, it was it sold out straight away in in the yeah. through the retailers you could have gone through. Yeah, um, yeah, I got lucky because I forgot to do it because usually when they announce it in Australia, there's pre-orders from certain stores same day, and so I get onto it straight away, and that ensures I get one. I forgot to do it for this one, and especially for Xenoblade stuff, I feel like they print less of it, and so I I got lucky because I remembered a few days later, and there was one retailer who was charging a bit extra for postage or something that I just bought it through and I thought I'd just, just cop it on the chin and so lucky to get it. But um, yeah, it, it's all packed away. Everything's in boxes at the moment so I haven't really had the chance to open it up and look at it. It uh, will stay in the box until uh, we move into the new house which will hopefully be a few weeks away. Um, anything else for you you've been playing or picked up? Nah, I mean, nothing really Nintendo related. I was playing Remnant 2 on my PlayStation 5. That's been pretty fun. Okay, yeah. It's like, uh, I, I love uh, Souls, like Dark Souls. Okay, and yeah. Souls-like games. Uh, I really wish, Nintendo, or I really wish, hopefully on the next system, we get like Elden Ring or, you know, more of the Dark Souls games because we have Dark Souls remastered on the switch yes but we don't have dark souls 2 or 3 and we don't have elden ring so i would really love to be able to play those on yeah no console so ooh. so the, the the theory stacks up doesn't it that you know the next gen switch or whatever you call it switch to successor to the switch you know you should be able to play one generation back of playstation and xbox shouldn't it so for runs on yeah yeah like elden ring could theoretically work then if it's yeah, more, if it's powerful runs, enough yeah 
Elden Ring runs on the Steam Deck, so I've I've been tempted to buy a Steam Deck just to play Elden just Ring. Just to play Elden Ring. And I yep. really don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to spend that that money. Oh, I, I haven't touched it and I should I should play it. So um it's just be one of those things that, you know, it's just gonna become cheaper the more I wait. And so it's such a big uh, big game as well. Um but definitely on the list yeah, to sort of check out and play. It's fantastic. Maybe not it's finish, fantastic. but experience it at least. Yeah, no, cool. Um, alrighty, so let's get into the news. I um, wanted to start with the Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages hitting NSO. Um, this one, you join Link on two classic Game Boy Color adventures. Um, the game, The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Ages, and The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons are are available now for Nintendo Switch Online members. And so this is the basic tier. Um, this is not part of the expansion pack, which is 64 and Game Boy Advance games. These are Game Boy Color. So um, if you're paying the really cheap an- annual one, uh, you're, you are good to go. And so these are probably arguably probably the, one of the more overlooked games in the Legend of Zelda series. Wouldn't you agree, Johnny? I think um, yeah, they're... Um, because they came late in the Game Boy's life, like 2001, I think these came out. So very late. And, um, you know, they're not made by Nintendo themselves. This is through Flagship, I believe, on Capcom. And this is, I suppose, Nintendo's first time with the the, the series and kind of like branching out, getting another third-party um, outside developer to sort of um, come in and make the game. So... Um, uh, I've never played these before, and so this has been my first time checking these out. Um, I have I've started with Ages because this is the more sort of um, that's more puzzle one compared to Seasons, which seems to be a bit more action focused. Um, I've just really fallen in love with these games straight away. It's uh, such a, a cute and fun time with these pixel graphics, and it's you know for a game that had a lot of um, you know. Uh, in 2001, this probably looks a bit lacking in terms of even graphical power back then. Um, it, it's got a lot of charm and um, whimsicalness that I think, you know, uh, some of the more modern 3D Zeldas don't have. I think the handheld Zeldas have this weird, cool mix of, you know, they're, you know, they're not taking themselves too seriously. Like, there's a kangaroo and there's all sorts of animals you have and can ride on in these games. There's um, yeah, just a lot of wacky stuff. So, has this been something you've played before? John, these are uh, these two titles. Yeah, I want to say this might be the first Zelda game that I played. Okay, as, like as a kid. Up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I I got Seasons. Which one has the um the rideable bear? I think it's is Seasons. It, both? it might. I'm not sure. Seasons? I'm not up to that stage yet, but I have seen it. So I do think I got in, Seasons in growing up. Okay. Uh, I did not have both of them. I, I did not have the... I didn't know that there was a... I don't know if I... Can I spoil it? I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, 22-year-old game. I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe um, if you... For those listening, Johnny's about to say something a little spoiler. If you haven't played it and don't want to play it, go ahead. Yeah, so if you if you beat one of them, you get a code to get a secret dungeon in the other one. Yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so yeah, they talked about how there's yeah the password system okay, okay, in this, right. and so yeah, no people are a little. Uh... <laughs> you're, you're used to getting a bit can... of flack every now and then, aren't you, with something you're saying? And... Assuming... Yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming you could just Google that code now. Like I, I, I bet that you don't even need it's... to beat one. I think it's more complicated than that. I, I was watching a video, and I think 
you can go to like a dedicated website and you have to input certain like things you've encountered in the game or something. Oh. Something like that. And then it's, you get a code based on that. So not any code generated will work when you input okay. it into your game. It's it's a really weird kind of, um, I suppose it works, you know, you're meant to play it and then get the password to sort of, uh, you know, get that extra <laughs> um, thing. But this is, you know, this is a, like a, a, a setup similar to Pokemon, but different in that these are very much different games um, but have sort of one or a few things that over overlap each other to form this sort of uh, you know uh, sharing of passwords to get some shared content here but you know with the Pokemon games it's very much the same game but just with subtle differences like Pokemon types um, items but very very basic kind of like story isn't really different between the games um, whereas this one was very purposely meant to be two different games and even meant was meant to be three games at first and um, was meant to be a trilogy and then with each game focusing on one piece of the Triforce so you had your wisdom for Oracle of Ages you had uh, power for Oracle of Seasons and then the Courage one uh, got dropped off when uh, apparently Capcom or Flagship had issues trying to find ways to meld three games into one with the password system so um Pretty interesting journey, I think, to get these two games and the actual output we got in the end. Um, yeah, it's something that they never really did again in terms of trying to sort of do two at the same time. It just seems so 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 hard these days to get one out, let alone two at the same time. So just uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I think the reason why they did the two is because of Pokemon, because Pokemon did so well with yeah. the, the two two games at the same time. And hey, who knows? Maybe they uh, they're gonna release another. They're gonna have the third one come out on on the Switch or the Switch Switch successor because now it's now it's on the NSO. So yes, I don't know how far that third one ever got. Whether it was pretty um, deep into development or something early on, they discovered it couldn't actually happen. But um, that'd be cool. I I I I love these games, and so like as someone who's never played them before, but has known about them, um, you know, this was a cool surprise to see. I think there's been enough time since Tears of the Kingdom for a lot of people who have finished that game to maybe check these ones out. Um, I, I'm just really big on the idea that they should have not just these old games, 2D ones coming back, but they should make some really, they should make new 2D Zelda. And um, I think like Mario, there's a place for Zelda to have both the, the big mainline heavy-hitting, um, sort of genre-defining game, and then also in between have these either remaster an old one like they did with Link's Awakening or have, you know, a new 2D adventure, even in that same um, graphical kind of output because that looks beautiful. But, um, yeah, I, I love this sort of... Um, this was this has been a great late-night game for me to play before going to bed and just... Um, you know, I I I don't feel like I'm going to get as lost as some of the other Zelda's. It's you know with the map, smaller map, and all that. I, apparently, it's going to come. Apparently, there's a lot of harder things coming up in this in these games, especially for ages as I continue to go through it. There'll be some more harder things, but um, but been very cute and sort of a uh, um, very yeah enthralled by the journey so far. So I'm very keen to finish this one and then finish uh, get started on on seasons as well, because um. For those who don't know, Oracle of Ages is more about time travel, and so you will go back to, into the past and then into the present or future, um, and different things in the map are different, and so that will 
the way you solve puzzles and then Oracle of Seasons is more about changing the seasons. Um, and so different things become available in those seasons and that's how you solve those puzzles within it. So um, do you remember which one you played, Johnny, or which one is your favorite? I, I, I think it was, I think I played Seasons. I, I just, I can't remember. That was a long time ago. I was a, a wee lad. Well, I actually wasn't even that, that, that young. I was probably a teenager. Uh, yeah. But I do remember playing one of them, and it had it was the one with the bear because I remember riding the bear, like to solve puzzles. Yeah, and I think it was seasons. Uh, I the thing about Zelda games is, I mean, I love Link Between Worlds on the 3DS. I love the top-down Zeldas. I think there is, like you said, there is a place for those top-down Zelda games, and mm. if, and I know people are are wanting traditional dungeon layout. So why not make the 2D Zelda games? They could farm it out. I don't know. If, give it to Capcom again. They've they've yeah. all the Capcom games are pretty good. That's right. So I played Minish Cap and loved that earlier this year as well. That's yeah, yeah. another great one. And yeah, yeah. So you know, or even the uh, the Cadence team. Which mm. did you play C- Cadence of Hyrule? That was a fun. That was a fun. Um, I've played it on someone else's Switch briefly, so I've had a bit of a yeah experience of that. Um. Yeah, that, that's another, you know, like rhythm-based game. You know, I think, um, yeah, anything else Zelda we can do. And, you know, Nintendo's got a lot of other bigger things to, to probably to worry about and to probably maximize their, their time on. Um, yeah, outsource this stuff like they have with the 2D Metroids, with Mercury Steam. Um, I think, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the way to go. Yeah. That's a great game, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I, th- I think they just have to. If they're going to, um, you know, have these longer... I, th- I think they'd love to have these longer uh, console life cycles that they currently have with the Switch because obviously that means they've got a good install base, um, people are buying the stuff, and so you need you need these games to come through because, you know, um, you know, it's six, seven years for a new Zelda, uh, you know, is a long time, and it's certainly worth the wait. I'm not going to argue that it's uh, coming too late when it's uh, the quality that we're getting, but, uh, you know, there's stuff in between, and so you need to, yeah. Uh, keep that momentum going and this is yeah with the 2d stuff i think definitely uh it, it's still a good thing and you know i think as, as a kid i always loved the 3d stuff more but i think now more more and more these days i truly appreciate the 2d stuff and how you know there's a lot of empty stuff in 3d games whereas the 2d ones uh you know can be straight to the point and uh you know bitey and uh you know arguably just as good yeah and i i I used to prefer 2D games because I, I grew up on the SNES, so a lot of my experiences are those, uh, you know, 16-bit 2D. Yeah. But uh, you know, there, there. I think there's a place for both of them for mm. Zelda and Mario and Metroid, and uh, 2D games. They have their place. You know. They had their place. Uh, for a gaming debate, listen to Communication Era podcast. Their latest episode, two <laughs> D versus three D gaming. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of the conversation on that was value, and if yes. a two D game offers the same amount of value as a three D game. Uh, do you think so? Looking at Tears of the Kingdom, and then you look at you know uh, these Oracle games. Maybe might not be a good comparison, but like Link's Awakening, which is also on the Switch. Like, do you think they both offer the same amount of value? No, I think uh, Tears of the Kingdom. 
is is justified to charge a bit more and um you know what uh, we'll go into the sales of tears later but uh, you know that ten dollar difference has made millions of dollars of extra revenue <laughs> yeah. for them you're, you're, you're an accountant johnny you can do the numbers you know that extra ten dollar price increase I, is I, massive well, i bought it i bought the game twice but uh <laughs> i did get it for fifty dollars as opposed to 70 because yep. of the uh the game vouchers, the ga- the game vouchers yeah. so yeah, there are ways. I, mean, I think most people, most people bought it at seventy, but there, there will be people that that paid fifty. So, mm. I, I was with you. It was, it was way cheaper to to use the game vouchers, and so I did that. Yeah. And, uh, um, and, yeah, I'm I'm gonna buy the game anyway, and the next game I use it the voucher anyway. So I'm just getting. Uh, yeah, you know. like I used it on Pikmin. I used I used the yeah. other one on Pikmin. So. Yeah, which I'm sure a lot of people would have done if they had done the voucher for tears at first. So, um, no, nah, very good. All right. Um, next item is the uh, Labo console found, and so this was um, even with cheesy. I think a couple of episodes ago, we talked about some cool console variants, special editions for the Nintendo Switch, and so this one came up. And this, so this was um, the Nintendo Labo uh, special console that people could win for entering a contest, and so. Uh, console variations have uh, they're a this is their X or Twitter account. Um, so they're the ultimate console database. They love to collect all these rare, really hard to find gaming consoles, and then they'll take photos. They'll profile the the console why it's rare, and then in this instance, there's only a handful of these made and given out. And so they're able to find one, which is pretty cool. Um, I think after a few years of negotiating with the, a person, they found who had won it. And so um, here it is here. I think it looks pretty cool and unique. It does look like cardboard. I will, I will give uh, Nintendo props for that. Is, is the box cardboard? Well, I, guess, I guess it would be, right? That, that one's the, cardboard. The and then um, yeah. I think this is obviously just the normal Switch, but just with the cardboard color. I mean, from afar, like it looks like cardboard to me. It's got that same type and uh, yeah, color. Yeah. yeah, so they've done a pretty good job here. Um the contest was pretty cool. It was, I think, in Europe. There was a contest available to win in the US, Canada, and Europe by designing and creating a new Labo device. Um, and it was also possible to win only the Joy-Cons. Um, in Australia, there were three winners, uh, two for adults, one for kids. Um, and then I'm going to share my screen for the actual uh, contest in Europe. So... So they they had to make stuff with the Labo, I believe, and the best creations won the console. And so, um, people you know had made like a Bowser's Castle, um, looks like watermelon, I think Luigi's Mansion kind of thing, um, all sorts of things. And so that was very cool. So, um, I I I had a an good enough time with Labo. Definitely not the target market for it, but uh, I, I love the sort of weird, cool things that you can wear win from it all uh, the golden Wii was what i was thinking as i said that but um that was a rare one given to the queen back in the day wasn't it but uh, <laughs> don't remember that don't remember the golden Wii given to no, the queen of England. No, that, that was one um did you ever play Labo, johnny did you buy the um the packs i i bought the um the base one like the yes. standard the 80 dollar one I, n- I never opened it uh i did also buy labo vr Yes, that's one I got. Yeah, and I I tried that, and 
that is not a that's not a great experience. It's like, is, uh... it's definitely different. <laughs> Did you try it with uh, Tears, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild? Because they added the VR mode to that, and so you could I actually did. play in VR through uh, Breath of the Wild. I did not, but I, I think I might, I might because I still have, I still have it built like right, right yeah. behind me. Yeah, and uh, I know Odyssey had it. Uh, I think Mario Kart didn't have VR. It had the. Yeah, you the, could, you use, could the use, use the wheel. Wheel. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Smash Brothers had a VR mode, and oh, yes, I tried that. That is. It's, it's it's horrible. I, it's pixely. It's just it's fuzzy <laughs> as, isn't it? It's just hard to see. But uh, yeah, I wonder the yeah. the the screen for the Nintendo Switch is not high quality enough for a VR experience. No, but it'd be cool on the next console if they could do it that way. I th- I think the premise yeah. has potential, and you know if they found a way to sort of you know you could buy the actual goggles that you connect yeah. the tablet to and then you actually, you know, have the VR experience that way. That would be a potentially cool way to do it. That might be the, maybe that's the gimmick. That could be the gimmick. We, we are all assuming that it's still going to be hybrid. It's still going to be the Nintendo Switch. Mm. But Nintendo loves to put gimmicks even in, like they, they had the 3D gimmick in the 3DS from the DS. Mm. So I could see a VR gimmick being the next one yeah i think yeah because with the 3ds you know 3d had been around for a while but this was nintendo's way of making it without the goggles and you know good and it had got to that stage and so with the vr this could be the stage where you know they um the technology is already there but they find a way to make it really good without maybe the wires because the psvr has so many wires even the second one has i feel one or too many cords for my liking um, and so this could be a way to, you know, if it's done well enough to sort of avoid all the wires and make it a really sort of hands-free experience if you just got the tablet strapped to your head and away you go, maybe with Joy-Cons or whatever controllers they have. So definitely some potential there. So, um, you know, we we just never know with Nintendo though. They'll, you know, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be a fruit cutter or something if, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah every, Can opener attachment it, it, or something, I don't know. It'll be more surprising if they just make a more powerful Nintendo Switch. <laughs> be the most just... un-Nintendo thing they ever did. Just just uh, <laughs> yeah. make it more beefier than the, the previous one. Because even like the GameCube one, that was just kind of on on parody with the PlayStation 2 and Xbox. They still had the, the tiny little disc mm. instead of, uh, you know, the, the, the DVDs or whatever PlayStation 2 was using. Yes. So. Yeah, that's right. Um so yeah, we shouldn't. We'll find out soon enough. I feel, especially with those rumors that we'll we'll go over later. Um, before that, though, uh, Nintendo sales numbers. So they just the other day did their quarterly update. They talk about uh, what's happened in the quarter in terms of software sales and also a uh, number of consoles shipped. And so it's only the Switch at the moment for them. Um, but they had a decent quarter actually for Q1 of 2020, FY 2024, they call it, because their financial year starts from uh, April to the end of March. So um, this is from April to June. Uh, they shipped 3.91 million Switches for the quarter. Uh, a lot of these were OLEDs, um, and then the same quarter last year was a bit of a better spread between the OLED, the standard, and the Switch Lite, but 
now we're just seeing heavily um, sales going towards the uh, OLED, which, which makes sense. It's it is the better one, and um, uh, I think Nintendo's done a great thing here. They've charged fifty dollars more for this OLED, uh, have not price cut anything, and they're making more money than ever before. So um, they they know how to it do it. It doesn't help. Doesn't help that I have three OLEDs. No, you're you're you're, yeah, you're yeah, adding to the people. issue <laughs> with your two versions of Tears of the Kingdom as well. Um, so. All up, it means they've sold just under 130 million Switch consoles, which is crazy. And um, well, making its approach to the DS and the PlayStation 2 now, who, which are in the 150s, I believe. And so um, uh, th- this quarter just gone is usually the quietest one, I believe, uh, or maybe the second quietest one if uh, quarter four is... January to March, that's that would usually be pretty quiet for them as well. Um, they're well placed, and uh, I think this time last year was three point four million consoles shipped, and they got they got three nine one this quarter, so a bit of a increase there. Um, in terms of software numbers, uh, Mario Eight Deluxe still at the top easily with fifty five and a half. Animal Crossing New Horizons second space uh, spot with forty two point eight. Then you got Smash Bros, Breath of the Wild, um, which just hit 30 million for the quarter. So that's good to see. And then Super Mario Odyssey, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the new one, uh, already at 22.66 million. Um, will it overtake Sword and Shield? I don't know at this rate. Um, you'd expect most copies have already sold now, so it's not going to, you know. I, th- I think it will. You. you think it will slowly? Yeah, especially with the, the DLC coming out. Yeah, that will, yes, definitely help with sales. Um, we've got Super Mario Party, which shouldn't be there. It's uh, That's a bit of a travesty. <laughs> and then um, uh, for the very first time in the top 10, Tears of the Kingdom is already at 18.51 million. So this came out mid-May, and these numbers are till end of June. So this is only a month and a half of data. Um, you know, we're recording this early August, and so there's been uh, you know, nearly, nearly another six weeks of data from this. And so um, it could already, you know, be higher up the, the top 10. It wouldn't surprise me if it is. Um, but a great start for Tears of the Kingdom. And uh, I'm very, very happy with this because it's a great game and it deserves to sell as many copies as possible because it means we'll probably get more of this stuff. So um, are you surprised by the numbers? Not surprised by uh, where Tears of the Kingdom is placed? Not really. Not too surprised. I think... On the Nintendo Powercast, I said that it would probably hit 20 million copies total, but now I think I'm wrong. I think it's gonna, it'll probably be 25 between 25 and 30. It's yeah. probably at 20 by now. I, I would, I would think that it's at 20 by now. Yeah, at least 20, surely. Um, and then the end of the like, we haven't gone through a holiday yet with it, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, that's true. We'll see what the holiday numbers do. Uh, but yeah. It, so I think it will probably you know jump up to top around top five. Hopefully, Super Mario Bros. Wonder will sell twenty million copies, bump Mario Party down, and then somehow New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. How's that still there? Sells another four million <laughs> copies to get Super Mario Party out of there. Yeah, I uh, I miss uh, Rink Adventure being in the top ten because that that was a great uh, surprise um, package, yeah. and then. Uh, um, all, all these ones are very much, you know, Mario's and Zelda's and uh, Pokemon up here with Animal Crossing. Um, so, 
yeah, none. It's uh, I wonder if uh, Tears will ever surpass Breath of the Wild. Uh, I don't know because uh, Breath of the Wild being a launch title for the Switch and having the whole time to sort of slowly build up that amount at thirty million. Um, it it might get close, but maybe not. Just uh, just how sequels go and maybe stuff late into a console's life cycle. Um, we got a commentary from Nintendo that. Um, this was Nintendo's best first quarter ever for first-party software sales, and I think a couple of things added to that. Obviously, Tears of the Kingdom being a massive game, but also Nintendo stated that the Super Mario Bros. movie helped increase sales of Mario games, which makes sense, doesn't it? Um, you go with, with the family to watch a Mario movie. Um, even I, after watching it, wanted to play a bit of Mario, and so well, I had all the games bought already. But uh, for other families, yeah. there would have been new ones to buy, you know, Super Mario Bros., U Deluxe, Super Mario Odyssey, um, anything like that, and that would have um, definitely helped with sales. Uh, no figures, sadly, for Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp. Um, everybody won to Switch. Uh, they, uh, you know, released on... I mean, it was only out for a day. It was the, only out the for last a day. day. <laughs> so, so fingers so crossed it can get it to... Didn't hit the, it did, didn't hit the top 10 yet. It was only out for a day. It's probably, you know, number... 11 or 12 right now. Yeah, correct. You know, it's uh, probably <laughs> only sold uh, probably 15 million, hasn't it? So yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah everybody yeah, yeah. won two Switch. And then uh, Pikmin <laughs> 1 and 2 was the other one that released in June. Uh, no numbers for that, but that's probably understandable. Um, they only talk about million-dollar sellers, and so uh, I think the only two games that sold a million copies that quarter was Tears of the Kingdom and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Every other game had um, less than that. So... Uh, um, pretty pretty standard quarter, I think. Um, you know, the Mario movies definitely helped extend the end life of uh some software sales there, and then the life of the console here. So, um, next quarter be a bit bigger with some other titles. Pikmin Four be great to see, and hopefully that can be the best selling game in the series. I think it's only got to get to three million or so, or four million to to beat that. I think Pikmin Three Deluxe is the current best one at the moment. Um, yeah, we, it's at, that's only at two point oh only, but it's at two point three million. Pikmin so three dogs. Yeah. I okay. Think so four even. will will, will yeah. surpass it. Yeah. So it should uh, should do that easily. Um, maybe I should buy more copies of Pikmin four to help. I don't know. Let's see how I go. If I get to, <laughs> yeah, I bought it digitally. I got. I gotta get it. I gotta get it physically too. You know? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I got I got a digital code and then and then the physical as well. So uh, doing doing my bit, but um. Uh, what do what do you think of Advance Wars One Plus Two? That was released in a- uh, April, and so it had a-, a bit of April, May, and June. Um, it hasn't sold a million copies. Uh, are you surprised by that, or does that make a bit of sense? It's not not really surprising. No, I'm I'm not really surprised about that. Yeah. The you know one, once the whole delay happened, they kind of stopped marketing it for yeah understandable reasons. Yes. But uh, and I, I mean I played it. It's okay. It, it's definitely not for everybody. It's it's a strategy game. Yeah. And I even though like, I even know cheesy, he like struggled to get through. Like he mm. made himself beat it. But I, I think just the the difficulty and it being a remake. For sixty dollars, I don't think it it wasn't set up to to win. And then being right near the Mario movie, 
and, and Tears of the Kingdom. Three weeks before Tears of the Kingdom came out, just after the Murray movie, and then yeah, correct. No, no, no marketing for it with the with world events going on. So um, everything going against this game when it came out, but at least it, at least it did finally. Um, I I just I had a really good time with it. I, I need to finish it, but uh, Tears came out, and so. I've nearly I finished the first game and then I'm up to the second one in the compilation. So I'm nearly finished that. I felt dumb. I felt dumb playing it. So <laughs> I stopped playing it because I'm like, I don't there was this one mission where I think it was when you get the factories and I just could not there was this enemy like artillery that was just sniping every single one of my uh, like infantry vehicles. Your vehicles, yeah. 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 And so you're and getting I'm like, I, don't, I can't do this. And it took me like 40 minutes to, to beat this mission. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to play uh, this anymore. Yeah. I'm done. I'm the, done. the worst ones was when I felt like I could turn around something, but I was slowly, slowly like getting strangled. And like my units were slowly going down, but I felt I could beat it. And then it was like, I'm just like going all in still. And like back in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose this. But like stubborn me is just like, no, nah, keep going. I can turn it around. And then, no, I lose, and it's like, oh, like I've just wasted forty-five minutes doing this level, and uh, no, nothing's yeah, happened. Like, um, yeah, yeah. If, if you want to play a strategy game, play Fire Emblem, please. <laughs> I, I love both, and they're both good for their different reasons. But um, I think, yeah, Fire Emblem's probably got the more. Did you uh, mainstay appeal? Did you play the Game Boy Advance one when it came to the? <sighs> Briefly played it. Um, again, it came out. Uh, just after Tears of the Kingdom, didn't it? I think it was the first NSO game after it. So um, I need to play that. Uh, just, uh, yeah, fell, fell off. Came at a bad time, I felt. Um, yeah, it was, it was early June, wasn't it? So heavily still yeah, playing. Yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, heavily playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom still at that point. I Until you said Advance Wars, I forgot that it came out. Yeah. In, yep. the, in the quarter, so... <laughs> That might explain why. You wouldn't have been the only one. Oh, but but there's been so much this year on the Switch anyway. This has been one of the best years of Switch outside of 2017. I think this might be the the best one. It's uh, just been a lot. A lot of good stuff. And we still have Wonder and Super Mario RPG and Detective Pikachu and Pikmin 4 just came out. WarioWare. Yeah. And then there'll be something something Shadow dropped in August or September. There's, you know, there, there is a big blank canvas there of uh, something to be released from now until uh, Detective Pikachu in early October. There's there's two months of blankness and uh, that won't be yeah. the case for long. There'll be something else. So um, that's been very good. Very good. Uh, people can't complain at the moment, I feel. But uh, they will. And uh, no, it's, it's there's there's things for people if you look hard enough, I think is the end of the day. That's the, the way to look at it. Yeah, and Brotato. You got to play Brotato. Brotato, that's, that's the, the one. Vampire Survivors. Sleeper gamer game of the year. Calculator. <laughs> calculator. Uh, I should get residuals every time I mention. Oh calculator. man, get get an affiliation or something link, and uh, you know, <laughs> make some make some bank on calculator. Please do it. Uh, we got Switch successor rumors. Uh, round seventeen. It's uh, people are itching for this next console. But um, Video Game Chronicles VGC has published an article stating that dev kits for the next Nintendo console are now with key partner studios. So this caused a little bit of a a frenzy in the video game journalistic media landscape. All these other uh, news outlets uh, reported this article. And so the article stated that it is likely the new hardware will be released in the second half of 2024 
the console would be able to be used in portable mode, just like the Switch. Um, and the thing that's had a few people uh, up in arms is it could launch with an LCD screen instead of an OLED. Um, and sadly, this does seem like a Nintendo move if it does turn out to be true. Um, the article also says it will accept physical games via a card slot. Nothing on backwards compatibility. Um, Johnny, what do you think of these rumors? Are these this has been something that I think Jeff Grubb has been able to corroborate with other contacts he has. He's been known as a as a as a leaker or someone who's been able to break stories um, before they come out. Um, does this have any credibility in your eyes? Is this does this sound right? I, I think if it's not verified by sources, uh, it's a pretty easy prediction to say oh the next console will be a hybrid yes the the uh i saw other rumors about like the spec oh not the the power specs but like the the size of the screen is eight inches as opposed to seven on the oled and uh it'll have like 512 gigabytes of internal storage so it's pretty like it sounds like a Steam Deck to me. That's five hundred and twelve. What's the current switch on? That's uh, that's pretty high, isn't it? 60... 64? Yeah, sixty four. The OLED has sixty four. Seems pretty high to me. Well, that's the... a big jump. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, maybe the games get bigger, right? Yeah, like, well, they have they, to. They don't have. Maybe they don't have the five gigabyte Mario games anymore. Or the. Uh... I mean, it could be for third parties too, because a lot of the third party games they they don't optimize them as well. And yes, they're always much larger. Uh, but I, I do. I mean, I think they're pretty. These would not be surprising if no. this is what the next console is. I am disappointed if it is not an OLED screen. I'm hoping maybe they have like a switch to deluxe that has an OLED screen and then maybe like a terabyte of internal internal storage. Okay. Like a Wii U kind of basic and uh, yeah. pro kind of, uh, was it, it wasn't pro. Was it, what was the actual name for the black Wii U? Can't remember oh, yeah, I don't remember, yeah. but yeah, that's the one I got. Yeah. I got the, the black Wii U, the black one. Uh, because I don't know. The OLED screen is just, it's hard I don't, to go I don't back. Know if going back. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, um, yeah. It would make sense if they went back to the LED to have another offering with the OLED and to sort of you know have the the markup and uh, buy a bit more for the more deluxe, luxurious version. Um, you know, we, we've had these rumors for for a little while now. Um, I think this one seems to be one of the more credible ones from what I've seen and read in the industry. But you know. You keep saying the console's coming out next year, and then next year it doesn't come out, and you say it's coming out next year, and then it comes out next year. You're like, yeah, I got it right, but you know, if you keep guessing the yeah, same thing, it's gonna it's gonna happen one way or another. Right, isn't it? eventually, It'll correct. Be right, eventually, a broken clock's to- right twice a day. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, I, I think yeah, they, they, they've got a lot to sort of keep them busy, game release wise, till the end of this year. Um, I, I think next year makes makes a lot of sense. Um, they'll get through this holiday period pretty well without it and think next year, you know, they're probably, you know, at that stage now where they've got games ready for the new console. And so um, they just got to announce it, release it um, heavily. They've got to be so careful with how they do this whole t- 
transition period from this switch to the next console because this is something Nintendo do not do very well at all. They cannot retain uh, install bases from one console to the next. Uh, you see it with the Wii, the Wii U. Um, even, you know, you, you see it from the NES to the SNES to the 64 to the GameCube, just that lower, you know, each each iteration just had a lower install base to begin with. And so um, will we'll be heavily influenced by their Nintendo Switch Online and sort of, you know, potentially those carrying over to the new console. I think backwards compatibility will help a long way um, to make people, you know, want to, to buy it and still feel like they can play this old OG Switch games on it. It's uh, it's going to be a very interesting time to see how they do it because uh, yeah, you know, they can't repeat big, same I mean, mistakes. Their big issue with the Wii U was marketing. So mm. they have to... Don't call it the Switch U. You got to call it... Call it Switch 2 or something completely different. Switch so 2 know. if you want to be basic. Yeah, that's all right. Don't, don't yeah. call it something weird. Um, don't get fancy. Don't get fancy. Correct. Correct. They... Uh, yeah. This will be their biggest challenge yet. And so I think um, very, very keen to see yeah what the new console is, its variation. I think cool, cool to see that these partner developers are starting to get the console now it means it's not too far away. And uh, I think start saving up, everyone. Um, get get your saver started. Uh, put away a bit of money every week and uh, save up some bickies to buy this because I think next year sounds I- like it might be the way to go. No matter when they drop it, if it's a shadow drop, you know, I won't eat for that week. I'll just put I'll put my money towards towards the Nintendo Switch 2 or whatever. Yep. But... I'm, I'm ready. I don't know. I'm ready for it. I don't know if you're ready for it. I'm ready for the next console. There are some yeah. times when I'm playing the Switch and I'm like, and I would love that this would run at 60 FPS. Like, give me Tears of the Kingdom at 60 FPS. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. I mean, I think this year's helped me feel better about the weight in terms of we've had some really good stuff this year and um yeah. uh you know at the end of the day you know like like you said nintendo fans if the gameplay is good the games are good uh, no matter what they look like we're pretty happy um so um that's been a lot of that for me but yeah at, at, at the same time there are times when you know this stuff is you know my, my switch is breathing pretty heavily now it's it's <laughs> it's an og day one one uh, still, oh, got, still, still going along. It's uh, got that crack at the top there, but it's still chugging <laughs> along fine. But you know, I look at the OLED that uh, my, my partner Mix got, and she hers is so much better looking, and the OLED screen's Wait. amazing. It's uh, you know makes mine look pretty uh, pretty barren. You got her the uh, Tears of the Kingdom one, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, for birthday. Yeah, that is that's my. I mean, I I have three, and that is my favorite. That one, yeah, yeah. Just the design and look of it is that? Yeah, the yeah. the dock, the dock is oh, the dock's great. Even the, even the even the Joy-Con, like I I didn't mm. think I was gonna like how they how it looks, but it it's grown on me. Yeah, it's what? yeah, very cool. That gold and green white kind of color combo. Even I've even got the Pro Controller, and that's uh, that's I love that. That's uh, oh yeah, I got my I got my Pro Controller there it is. right here. That's that's a pretty boy right there. That's a good one. Nice. So, yes, um, we've heard other rumors about when this could get announced. There was something in August, September that people were talking about. I don't think it'll be that early. I think this is something they release and talk about next year. And uh, they're not going to announce a new console this year uh, before a holiday period where uh, they could be selling the existing OLEDs and Switches and, uh, you know, with these other games coming out, I feel. So, um, yeah, a little while away. All right. Um, 
the last news item I had was for uh, Mario Kart 8 and the OG Splatoon. So uh, these games on the Wii U uh, had their online capabilities just seemingly stopped uh, earlier this year, around the 3rd of March. Um, only just now, the 3rd of August, have they become playable again. Uh, this was due to what they called emergency maintenance at the time in March. Um, this seemingly affected a few other Switch and 3DS games. Those were fixed straight away. But uh, for five long months, fans of the OG Mario Kart 8 and the first Splatoon on the Wii U had to wait and not be able to play it. So um, the release talked about how, you know... Um, uh, they fixed it. They apologized for the delay. But, uh, you know, if something big like this happened again, um, I think uh, paraphrasing the article I read, you know, that they that they would consider not resuming the service for these. And so um, I don't know how many people are playing Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U when the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe exists on the Switch. But uh, Splatoon, I can understand a little bit more. Um, but I'll, albeit, I believe these would be pretty small. Um numbers of people playing it uh, probably over in japan probably a lot of splatoon players i mean there's only yeah. one explanation for this right the the nintendo switch 2 is backwards compatible with the wii u right and they have uh... <laughs> they had to get it back up and running yeah yeah uh, oh god yeah just skip the switch now we will now take wii u discs <laughs> Your, you know, your del- all those Wii U deluxe games you bought. Yeah, doesn't matter. Can, can, and they'll, they'll port, they'll port Wii U games again to the Switch too. That would be that, that's a great strategy that worked for them, isn't it? So, um, five months is a long time, and uh, would like to know why that one took so long. Maybe just priorities and just not as important to them as getting the the Switch, obviously. But uh, the, even the 3DS stuff, I think um, they were pretty quick and. Uh, jumped on it straight away. It, it might have been complexity with what had gone on. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting that these games, you know, especially Splatoon, um, without the online play, that game, there's not much to it. There, I know there's a campaign to it, but I think even Mario Kart 8, you can get friends over and play that, and there's CPU. Um, taking the online component's not as important, but Splatoon's pretty pivotal. And so the day that becomes unavailable in the Wii U version will be... Uh, a bit, a bit sad for Splatoon fans because uh, you know that that is the crux of the game right there. Alrighty, um, time for the topic. We're going to talk about uh, Pikmin more and more because uh, you know, like we said at the start of the show, we are custodians of the Pikmin franchise. We are trying to get many, many more people to buy these games. Let us get it to five million. Hey, and um, uh, I wanted to before we talk about the Pikmin types and the treasures. Um, how far into Pikmin 4 have you played? So I I rolled credits. You rolled credits, yep. Uh, I know there are there are there's stuff after uh, the credits, and I I, I did hundred percent the first four areas. Yes, cool. Um, but I have not played further, which I I, I gotta get back to um, because apparently there's something. That like OG that will make OG Pikmin fans happy because my my one I don't know complaint that I would have for this game is it's too easy. It has it's, been easy, uh, yes, I, I would agree with you that so far. I, there, I, yeah, you know, there's no time limit. Uh, you know, they they kind of got rid of the time limit after the first, like a very strict time limit after the first one, 
it's been i think two didn't even have a time limit and then three you had the the juice so if you ran out of juice yeah no final time limit but you know this sort of yeah you had to be quick enough to avoid it which it was always easy and never i don't think anyone got yeah. worried about it but the this one there is no overarching time limit or yes, anything that you correct. need to do so it's it made it easier and i I mean, I understand that they want to be more accessible, but I do wish they had some sort of classic mode and casual mode, kind of like what Fire Emblem does now, where mm. you could play in casual, and and if your troops die, they don't they come back, but if they die in classic, they're gone forever. So that's my one complaint. But so, how far have you gone? Yeah, so I just rolled credits the other night as well, um, and so. Um, I suppose it's the post game's mess massive in this game. That's what I've heard, and so um, you know, I felt fine to sort of roll the credits because I knew it was coming up. I knew what I like. If I do this, I think this will happen, and it did. And so um, I've started exploring that fifth area. That that's very cool. Um, so I think I know the throwback you're talking to there. That's happened, but there might be more to come. Um, yeah, th- this 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 game's very fun, and it's one of those games where you know just you're just very happy and you know you're organizing your pikmin and you know you go to work and you for the day you got your 15 minutes to do what you need to do and as someone who's played all the other games and and, and really loves the series has replayed it a lot it's um so nice and cool what they've done with this version where everything's just so clean and and so easy to move like gathering pikmin throwing them with a lock on um attacking enemies and now with the variety of pikmin that you get um that there's just a lot more variation than previous games. And so I agree with you, the difficulty has not been there so far. There might be some more things. I was hoping for some more bigger bosses and they haven't occurred just yet. So I'm hoping later that happens. Um, but, but all in all, just um, like things like the Ice Pikmin, that, that's been a really cool addition to the to the yeah, series, yeah. just being able to freeze the enemies. Um, I've been spamming them firstly, get it frozen, and then you get the other... <laughs> any other pick when you got with you to sort of uh, attack it after that. And so that, that's been a great strategy for me. Um, have really enjoyed Ochi. I think Ochi's an awesome companion. Um, has made it really cool and easy to sort of traverse areas. You know, you can upgrade Ochi a lot, a lot of different things. You know, he becomes, in the end, he can become like an overpowered Pikmin, like, you know, resistant to all sorts of elemental types. Um, gets pretty powerful can carry things can attack stuff uh um makes it really cool and so um the only thing because of that i feel is some of the other pikmin get underutilized now i feel like the the winged ones i have barely used i used it in one cave and that was it yeah yeah i think i used them once same with like rock pikmin purple pikmin yeah all the yeah besides the main three you know red yellow and blue yeah and the ice pikmin and the and the glow pikmin now those are the main ones that you use and then it was kind of fun like when you found i don't know how much spoilers i don't want to i mean purple pikmin existed but it was pretty fun when you found the purple pikmin uh and you're like oh cool i get to use those now mm. and then it's it's only a couple i'm, I'm i don't take them out like in in the overworld, I'm like I don't want them. Dying, oh, I, I so limit I limit their output. 
Correct. <laughs> one, one, one purple Pikmin dying does not equal uh, one red Pikmin dying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will, yeah. The red boys are going to die a lot more for me and then, <laughs> then my beloved purple big boys. Um, they, are they bigger in this game? They seem bigger in this game, the purple Pikmin. They do, they do look pretty big. They yeah, pretty I love big. it. But maybe it's because of the, uh, the camera angle now that it's a bit more zoomed like in. Closer to you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I think I, I played Pikmin 2 just before playing Pikmin 4, and they, they just seemed a lot smaller in that game. So, um, yeah, so, so so enjoying that. And then um, I, 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 I love the low Pikmin. I enjoy the nighttime stuff. I just wish there was a bit more to it. I don't know. I'm Yeah, I know you can use these low Pikmin with the others. Um when you go underground, I'm yet to do that yet. I, d- I don't feel like I've really needed to at any point or, or I've forgotten to do it. And so um, I might try that later, but um, yeah, just, just lo- loved how different this game is um, with, with the character creation was a cool idea. Um, the dialogue has, you know, is a, is a funny addition to this, to the series. Um, but, but in saying that, you know, I think, um, you, you know, I I miss uh, Olimar's there, but I think I miss the Olimar sort of story a bit more focus, and then um, with everything they've done with a soft reset of the story, it's it's interesting to call it Pikmin Four, and then yeah. effectively do what they've done with the story and effectively soft reset it, and you know, th- things don't line up with what's happened in the first three games, which which I'm not too worried about or fast. It it kind of you know, you, you squint enough you know, f- further away and, and it all fits in without taking too much of the detail yeah, I, into account. Yeah. What's your thoughts on if that? If you know anything, anything about me, I don't care about story. Yeah. So like, I don't, it being a little bit like, like you said, a soft reset, it's not, a, I don't really care. And like the, you know, Pikmin one, you're, you play as Olimar and you crash landed on, on this planet. Uh, I, I didn't think, anything about the backstory of it i'm like i'm just gonna try to survive 30 days yeah that's right just get through it to use your pikmin and, and go from it from there so um yeah correct nintendo these nintendo games or most nintendo games are never going to be heavily story influenced are they it's it is the gameplay and so um yeah so I, i've been loving it i love Dan Dury battles. I I live by Dan Dury by day beforehand. Anyway, <laughs> I love I love to make my day as Dan Dury as possible. And so um, Dan Dury battles are very fun. Um, uh, interesting how they've made that very much part of the story and the actual battles. Um, I think they've incorporated that more so than what they did with Pikmin Three because you you got similar battles you can do in that with the bingo battle um, as well. And that that's some other challenges with how fast you could collect items, return them to your ship. Um, and you get your points um, for collecting all the items and also bonus points for doing it faster um, from that point of view. So, um, yeah, pe- people got to play it. People got to, yeah, more people got to get onto it. But um, I asked people in my Discord channel for their favorite Pikmin type um, and some of their favorite items they want, you know, they, they like. Because uh, for those who don't know, you collect treasures in Pikmin from Pikmin 2 onwards. And these Pikmin, or sorry, these travelers, um, they don't know the names of these items. They're on this alien planet. And so they'll, they'll find an item that we know to be something and they'll have these cool and creative names um, to call it. And so, um, so we're going to go a few 
a few of them here. So um, ask my Discord for some of the favorite Pikmin types. And uh, everyone just loves purple. <laughs> it's just an <laughs> overwhelming purple uh, rash of uh, love. I think they're the most relatable. I think they're the yeah, most relatable. Especially correct. for me. I, I, I relate <laughs> the most to the purple Pikmin. Um, yeah. I, I love purple Pikmin. I'm going to give my... Uh, Give mine right now. Do it. My favorite. Yeah. And I'm basic. I like the red Pikmin. They are. They're your all-time favorite. They are my all-time all favorite of them. because they they are versatile. They are always up for the challenge. Nice. And I like the I like the 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 original three. I get a little overwhelmed when there's more than when I have to deal with like uh, I have rock Pikmin and flying Pikmin and an ice Pikmin. There's just when there's too many. I'm glad they limited to three different types in Pikmin Four, like that you could yeah. have out at a time. Mm. That that was interesting, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, they because I got annoyed at that at first, but then I thought, hang on, there's like eight, nine types of Pikmin now. If I had, <laughs> like, I can't even get a hundred out at this stage because you got that's a new thing you got to build up. Yeah, your capability yeah, with how many Pikmin you can carry. And so if I could only carry 40 Pikmin and I've got like eight or nine Pikmin types, then I can only carry like four or five each. Yeah. And it just wouldn't work because you get to something that you need 20 ice Pikmin for and it just, you know, you'd have to go back to the onion and, and swap them out. So um, wouldn't be bad if they increased it slightly, but I think I, I can understand what they did there. So, all right. So reds are your favorite. They're the flame resistant. They got slightly better attack power than most other yeah. Pikmin. Um, so yeah, I, I, no, I get it. I get it. It's uh, you know respectable. You know the the OGs. You know yeah. the ones that have been you yeah, for the longest, most loyal. They're the first ones you find ever. All the time. Every time. It's always the red All boys. The time, every time. Nice. Um, Eggman or Zach from my Discord said, I think my favorite Pikmin is still purple. They're just so genuinely useful and they are cute big boys. I'm with you there. Um, switching it up said purple for me too. I appreciate their strength, especially in Dan Dury. Um, obviously, they can carry 10 Pikmin. The, the weight of what they can carry, what 10 other different Pikmin can yeah, carry. 10, yeah. So, um, you know, you've got a big orange or something, just throw one purple boy and uh, away it goes and all these other Pikmin can do something else frees you up a lot um, uh, it's purple for me as well uh, I don't know like, like I said before I just they're just bigger in this game so I think they look cooler and then they're just OP when it comes to taking down the monsters uh, especially a big ball bob you just uh, you know that, that, that <laughs> thud as uh, yeah, yeah, yeah fling a big purple Pikmin boy onto them uh, stuns them a little and uh, you can take them down pretty easily um Got to the stage for me where everyone was saying purple, and I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. I had uh, one, another one, uh, Mike Towns, Game Boy Games from my Discord. He says he's only played the first on the GameCube, so like the red one, maybe, he said. So uh, we had red and purple <laughs> from that. That was good. I appreciated that. And then I'm like, okay, stop. People can't say purple anymore. What's your second favorite? <laughs> and so um, uh, switching it up said, my second favorite are the flying Pikmin. I love their little wings and are super useful for carrying stuff over annoying obstacles when I cannot think of another way. I also feel super sad when they die because they are too cute. So uh, I do like the winged ones, um, but yeah, they're just underutilized in this game. So I hope there's like a cave later on where I need them a lot because I think their, their usefulness is really not there anymore, especially with Ochi and yeah. um, the ice Pikmin because the wing Pikmin in three would 
fly over the water. And so you could, you know, you could have 20 winged Pikmin following you. You could walk into the water. Um, they'd follow you, but they'd be flying. And so you could avoid the water doing that. Um, but the the Ice Pikmin negate that now, and then Ochi can just do anything. So that kind of... Uh, the, the poor winged boys uh, aren't as useful as they used to be. Yeah, I think I... I think I have five total. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, like I, you've actually like picked up five winged ones. Yeah, I think I think there's that one cave where you get winged winged Pikmin. Yeah, and I, I probably have five or ten total. And that's it. Same with with purple and and rock. Like I just don't have them, and I I don't want to use them out in the no. overworld just in case they die. They're they're the more rare ones, aren't they? Without the the onion um that you get up uh, on the ground for them, um. Uh, Eggmund Zach from my Discord said, "Yeah, I think either yellow because they are high and you can throw them higher, and it's my favorite color, or glow because they are OP and immortal." Um, yeah, the glow ones are sort of they're strong against everything, aren't they? They're kind of uh, like a you know, kind of like what yeah, Ochi they're, can they're become. Dead Pikmin, they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're no elemental. They're out kind for of... revenge. <laughs> I have, actually, yeah. the, the glow the glow Pikmin are great. The over the nighttime missions, I haven't used them in the caves. But yeah, they just kind of one-shot a bunch of things. Oh, I love it. And then they come back to you as well. And so I can keep running yeah. around and then they just immediately come back to you. So it, it's they're, they're great. So I really enjoy them for that for that reason as well. Um, uh, Mick, my partner, said uh, Purple Pikmin are her number ones as well, but her second favorite are the Ice Pikmin. Didn't realize they were new to this game until, I, until she got told. So easy to use and loved the freezing function of enemies. Um, I wasn't too excited with Ice Pikmin at first when I heard about them, but then uh, just just playing with them and just the things you could do with it, I, I was really yeah really pleasantly surprised with the ice. And so, um, them the glow being the new ones, I think they add a lot of uh, you know, extra dynamics to to the actual experience. So, um, I think some really good additions. And so ma- maybe mm, I, I really like purple and white when they introduced them, but I think they're better than what Rock and Winged brought, maybe slightly. Yeah, the, in their uh, new game. I mean, I I've played some of Pikmin three. I don't remember it too much. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Ice Pikmin they rely. I guess they they since they're the new Pikmin in this game, they kind of want you to use them more than. Yes, they're going to be more heavy than the other ones. towards that. Yeah, correct. But so. also, I was I was scared to use the Ice Pikmin because I didn't have a way to make more Ice Pikmin. For a while, yes. so I'm like, I'm just gonna not use as many. I'll just use blue Pikmin, and we'll go underwater that way. Yeah, that way. Yes. Um, yes, I was a bit more worried about that, but then something happens. I don't want to spoil it too much, but I think, yeah, I, th- I think for all the Pikmin, it should happen, and it will help you with not feeling so bad about that. So that will be a good, good yeah, new thing they've added. I'm assuming. I mean, I don't want to. We talk about this off air, but I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming there's ways you could get them all. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think we can, uh, yeah, confirm that one uh, later on for sure. Um, uh, for me personally, the glow Pikmin were my second favorite. Uh, green's my favorite color, and then the ghost type Pokemon. They feel like they're like that in terms of like they have less weaknesses and things like that. So I think it's a nice mashup for me. Um, I've thought about this for a little while now, but I think Pikmin are becoming like Pokemon types because you're just getting all these different types. You've got fire, electricity, water, uh, poison. Um, the purple ones, and you can 
call it fighting in a way because they're good at fighting and a bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got rock for rock. Um, winged is flying, and then you got ice blow a ghost and so i think everyone can kind of relate to a pokemon type and so if we're going to do new pikmin you know what haven't they done they haven't done a dark they haven't done a psychic dragon oh dragon bug bug i mean bug would make sense because mm. they're on the steel but now, but now you're making me think like they could have secondary pipings so you could have oh. like a <laughs> fuse pikmin maybe, together maybe have a have a, a ghost rock Pikmin. Ghost rock know? Pikmin. Or a, yeah. Or fire rock. Well, they use the candy pop buds to sort of switch types. And so, you know, who's to say, why can't they be two at once? Yeah, know? just fuse them together. There we nope, go. Pikmin, them together. Five. Pikmin 5. That's right. Pik- is fuse. Uh, so I, I do think that this will be the best selling Pikmin game. And what's very interesting about Pikmin 4 and the Pikmin series is each game is better than the last. I would think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Pikmin One holds a special place in my heart, mm. but I I can't argue that Pikmin Four, like, each iteration, has been a better improved improved version. Yeah, I I am with you. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I have the special spot in my place in my heart for Pikmin One because it was the first one I played, and you know it is a short game. There there isn't a lot to it outside of uh, the game. Um, Definitely encourages you to play it multiple times. But yeah, like Pikmin 2, um, it's just, there's so much more to it. builds on the sort of the base that Pikmin 1 did and adds a few better quality of life things to it. Um, I think I love the, we'll talk about this soon, but the treasure they add into Pikmin 2, I think that adds a lot of character and charisma and um, uniqueness with it. So um, yeah, you, you are right. I'm thinking of some other things. Like Metroid Prime, you know, that's, the best one's the first one, and uh, yeah, gets yeah. worse, and so it goes the other two, way. Two is good. Two is Two's good, great. Right? Two's Two very is good, good, but it's better than three. Three, so. three is. Uh, I would say the the regular Metroid series gets better. I mean, it's it's like hard 2D. going back that that far because the first Metroid's you know not that great if you play it again. Second no. Metroid. Still not that great, but Super Metroid's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Metroid Fusion is phenomenal. Phenomenal still. Maybe Metroid Dread yeah, arguably not is... as good, but still good. Yeah. And then Dread. Dread yeah. Dread's amazing. Man, I need to yeah, that's such a good game. Um Yeah. Yep. And then the Mario's are harder. Maybe three D Mario's. Ooh, that's interesting. Three D Mario's, do yeah, they get better? I think they I think they do. I think they do. I don't know the galaxy oh. thing, the galaxy and Odyssey. I I keep going back between galaxy and Odyssey. I yeah. think I mean Odyssey's fun, fantastic. Odyssey's galaxy, great, but they're all when you're comparing two ten out of ten games. Like how do you how do you choose? <laughs> you know, that's right. You shouldn't theoretically shouldn't be able to compare it because they're the same. And so uh, <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 out of ten is a ten out of ten. So they're equal. They just equal each other. Equally, you know? instead of getting better, they're just equally as good. Just good, different. Um, Pokemon. Maybe not so much. Bit bit more bumpier. Um, Zelda's are interesting. Got to split it from three D and two D. Um, yeah. So I think people are probably uniquely think, placed. Do you think Tears of the Kingdom is better than Breath of Wild? If we're talking direct yes. sequels, I think Tears yes. of the Kingdom improved. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, Pikmin. Pikmin's a fantastic ser- series, and it is. I know Miyamoto said something recently about how he doesn't know why it doesn't sell more 
So if you want to make Miyamoto happy, buy Pikmin games. Buy Pikmin. Um, if, if I don't care if you don't play it, just 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 buy it. <laughs> like like like, uh, no, dig a hole in the ground in your backyard. Just buy ten copies, please, and just just bury them down there. <laughs> make it a time capsule and open up thirty years later or something when uh, Pikmin Five's just released, and uh, it'll be it'll be nice. So no, no, <laughs> this sells this sells five million copies. It won't take ten years to make another one, hopefully. Well, that's interesting. So, what's what's because I'm, I I've I've taken this one as I'm so glad we're getting number four here because I think yeah, like like we've talked about, this series has been so underperforming in terms of their expectations, and and they they regard this as one of the higher ones, or at least Miyamoto's made Nintendo push Pikmin as one of the higher franchises because I see a lot of Pikmin sort of uh, love in you know what in on their website and you know in super nintendo world you know they've got the pikmin there and you know that they 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 try and accommodate to that so but it's just it doesn't line up with their sales like splatoon and animal crossing have come later and overtaken the series um so so what does success look like for this game is it is it just to get the three million or do you think you know getting a five would be like what they expect and hope for i mean i think they justify another one when they, I mean, I don't think the series is going away just because of me until Miyamoto retires or something. Because yeah. I don't know how Pikmin Bloom is still live. Like, there's no way they're making money off. I'm, that. I'm waiting for that one to be decommissioned sometime. I think uh, <laughs> I think this new game's given it a bit more extra time. Um, yeah, I, I think if this sells, if this becomes the highest selling game in the franchise, which it probably will because it sold like 500,000 in Japan already physical yep. copies. If, if that becomes the highest, they'll, they'll make another one. I would Hopefully. hope so. Yeah. Um, to get a fifth one as well would be pretty amazing for this series. Even if it, yeah, just hope it doesn't take the 10 years like it has from, from three to four here. I think, uh, um, one per console does, I think is right for the series. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think it. Yeah, I think we've all agreed it's going to be the best-selling one. Just uh, depends what how much it's going to be uh, the best-selling one. And so, if we got to five, that'd be pretty cool. But I think yeah, probably the four would be pretty pushing it. Maybe don't know, but uh, I think I think that's still pretty good with the merch as well. And you know, it's they have to keep making these sort of unique games for the console. They've got to keep offering these different things and experiences. Yeah, yeah they just yeah, have to. Yeah, this is a, you know the. From an outsider's perspective, looking in, it's only Mario and Zelda. That's that right. They, that they sell. So we need we need people to know that Pikmin's a thing. Yeah, more and more people do it. Yeah, you got to do it. Um, all right. So the treasures as well. And so um, from Pikmin two onwards, they've had the treasures. They call them really weird and funky things. Um, so I asked my Discord as well for a few of these. Um, but first, John, do you have any? What's your favorite treasured item? name or object anything like that so i was i was looking at uh the pikmin 4 treasure list and there's some funny there's some funny uh names in there there's a a a bed i think it's a nighttime section or nighttime or bedtime section and it's just sponges so there's a (laughs) there's a it's called a doggy bed but it's a it's a sponge it's a dog shaped sponge dog shaped sponge correct yeah and then there's a uh, a dusty bed which is just a it's an eraser an eraser yeah like, yeah <laughs> so i thought that was pretty clever uh my my favorite one there's the calculator 
it's called a number jumper number jumper <laughs> so so i guess they they jump from number to number and that's yeah, uh, that's right that's why they call it that they call it that um uh, I think one of my favorites is the greed inducement device. It says it's a purse. Oh, yeah, it's the, the coin purse. The coin yeah, purse. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, people from my Discord, uh, switching it up, said the newly nostalgic series is amazing. I don't want to talk about these specifically, um, but they're Nintendo items. And so um, you find these, I think we saw the Game Boy Advance SP in the trailer, um, but there's a whole series of these. And so as a Nintendo fan, it's, these are probably a lot of people's favorites. You go back and sort of um, look at these and that might, that might strike a chord with your nostalgic bones in your body from, you know, as a kid. Um, some of these things, I, I know for me, there was a game at Game Disc and that was very cool to see. Um Without telling you what it is, the Micro Management Station, I think is a great name. Um, yeah, and then Winged Freedom Sculpture. I uh, found out what that was, and that's a, that's very cool as well. Wait, I don't know what that is. Uh, I, I might not have that one. Uh, I might. Uh, it's a, yeah. I might have might to be later. Show, you, show you later. Um, because I'm, I'm, miss, I'm missing four in that series right now. Okay, a few to, to go. Yep. Um, yeah, I, these, these are they're pretty good like yeah there's a pain uh no a personal injury plank which yes <laughs> it's a skateboard it's funny. <laughs> um uh i think i saw um uh what's his name from game explain because uh you can you can I'll, I'll i'll share this one you can sh- find a joy con i believe in this game as a treasure and they call it a telekinesis detector um but he oh, re- the, he renamed yeah. it Joy-Con Drift and Dr- Drift Enabler or something. That was that was very Drift. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Um, I had uh, Eggman or Zach from the Discord say the mechanical harps are probably my favorite treasures. Make sure you check yeah. them out in Piclopedia once you get them. And so these ones is like a music box, and so it will play something as you pick it up. And uh, some very um, again, if you're a Nintendo fan, there's some cool things to sort of hear from that. So um, I've picked up one. Uh, already and uh, I knew what it was straight away and that was that was very cool. Um, yeah, so um, the ones from Pikmin Two, I want to touch on this were interesting because it wasn't just the treasures, but they had uh, branded stuff as well. And so the first one was the uh, uh, the Duracell battery that you get in Pikmin Two that was called the Courage Reactor, a battery. Um, and then you get a lot of bottle caps, and so you get to actual brands on like Seven Up, um, uh, the Chapstick one. Um, all sorts of different brands as well that would, you know, they might have paid money to be featured in this. Haribo had uh, drone supplies, I believe it was called, which was the Haribo Sweets Pack. Um, and so, you know, uh, you know, Nintendo being a bit, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing, but also they might have made a bit of coin doing this, uh, getting some brands to sort of uh, um, pay to get their logo featured in the game. Uh, the one for 7-Up was a bottle cap and it was called a quenchling, quenching emblem. Um yeah, little, little things like that. So um, I've always loved well, these. Well, now, now it's now they're not in there. But now they're not in there, correct? Well, they are in there. They're uh, not, but they're not the brand. They're yeah, not like sell batteries. They've done the Audi kind of uh, removed the brand and uh, left. It's still a battery that you pick up. So this is if you buy Pikmin one and two on the Nintendo Switch, they've removed the Duracell reference to the Courage Reactor battery, and so it's it's still. I think it's still called the Courage Reactor. It's just not a Duracell branded battery anymore. And so 
Um, that's the thing with these games, with licensing and uh, things like that. Over time, it doesn't apply. Um, it doesn't apply forever. And so you either got to pay again to have it in the game still or you, you, you find ways around it. And that's what Nintendo's done and uh, found something else. So... Um, yeah, I love these. These these is a very cool, unique thing to the Pikmin series. How it can reference Nintendo in a way. It, it reminds me of WarioWare a lot, where it, this does a lot of um, referencing of other Nintendo games. And so, um, uh, outside of like the two D Game Boy Zelda games, um, there's not a lot of this in the Nintendo side outside of Smash Bros. and the obvious stuff. You know, these mainline games sort of referencing other Nintendo things. And so, um. As as a fan, you know, obviously with this podcast and all, it's a it's a very cool thing to to see every now and then. Uh, any other it's treasures? Easy, it's free. It's free marketing, right? Like yeah. why why not? Like they should put Pikmin in a Mario game just to be like people be like, oh, yeah. what's that? You should put him in Mario Kart Eight, or sorry, the next Mario Kart game have Olimar as a driver or Pikmin yeah. with him. Just just things like that just seemed like a <laughs> like a no brainer, don't they? Just to sort of yeah, get yeah, a bit huge... more love these huge platforms where you can't just cross promote everything. Like why not, why not just do it? That's right. That's right. I, so. I think there is a, a Amiibo costume in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's yes, up. I believe there is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I haven't scanned all my Amiibo. Yeah. For I should that. do that. Yeah. I, I have a lot more than I, when I first did the scanning. So I need to get onto that again. <laughs> uh, when I move house and uh, when I unpack everything, I'll, I will get there. I will get there for sure. Uh, any other treasures that you liked, John? Before we uh, close this off. No, I just think that I, I just like how clever they are. They're like, there's a unbreakable promise. Ah, uh, yes. For, <laughs> for uh. For an engagement yeah, ring, the, that one. That's a that's a very good one. The greed and inducement device. Yeah, these are there's the, the so there's buttons. You know, you can find buttons. Yes. Around and they're called uh, perforated rafts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna so die if you sink on one of them. If you were floating on one of them. Um, yeah, it's just clever. I, I like I like when like games do stuff like that. Yeah, and then yeah, they they talk about in Pikmin Four they use AI to come up with the names. I thought that was a pretty funny throwaway line at the start. <laughs> um, getting onto the AI chat GTP uh, craze, um, Pikmin Four is with the the naming of things. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, lemons are called face wrinklers. Um, uh, the drizzle snack is a pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there's a lot of fun things, and so uh, at the end of the day, I'm always looking through the treasures and the names and uh, seeing uh, seeing what's out there. Cool. I I honestly didn't know that they they had different names. Oh, all of them. I saw, yeah, uh, yeah. They saw that a post kind of like it might it might have been the Game Explained post, um, and then I went to check like what what are they calling these things, and yeah, they all have you know different names mm. yeah like like it might be five buttons but they're all named differently there's like like five uh poker chips they all have different names um yeah uh yeah so it's it's a you know it's someone's job at nintendo to write this stuff and so that's very cool and uh it'd be a funny one to to have as a as an occupation but yes yeah, all right uh let's close this out so that was a pikmin chat that was that was very good um again buy pikmin everyone if uh, that point hasn't come across um while listening to this um 
But let's finish it off with Weird Nintendo. All right, so this is Pikmin centered again. So um, we want to market these games. We want to sell as many copies as we want. You know, get Nintendo to make Pikmin 5. This has been our mission for this episode. So I'm going to close it out with Weird Nintendo. For parents in Japan who have found a way to keep their kids from misbehaving. And it is by letting them pretend to be Pikmin. So this was an article from Automaton published uh, on the matter with the excerpt. It was in Japanese. I've had a... I've, taken a few excerpts out. Um, it just talked about how these parents are using their kids, like making them be Pikmin, just because it's easier. It's just, uh, you just stuff's going to get done. There's less chaos in these parents' lives. And so I'm going to read out the first quote. My four-year-old son always tries to wander off when we go shopping. So I told him, you're a Pikmin, and mummy is that one that the Pikmin follow around. It works so well, he follows my steps perfectly while squeaking like a Pikmin. Thank you, Nintendo. This one's going to work for a while. Another quote. Uh, same here. My son in middle school and daughter in grade school love Pikmin. So when I initiate blowing a whistle while shopping, they come to me and gather around. They also want to carry toilet paper and other stuff like little Pikmin. I'm so thankful to Nintendo. So this is very wholesome and cute. Um, I think this is a great way to discipline children. Um, uh, I like the idea that you can throw kids now. That would be socially acceptable. <laughs> I like the idea that um, you just get them to carry things. And so carry the shopping. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to... There's a spider in the corner of the room now. You, I'm going to throw you at it and you must kill the spider now. <laughs> and you must take the corpse and move it to the bin. Because that's the onion now. <laughs> So this should be within school programs now, I believe. I think Nintendo should really push this with the various departments of education around the world. Get people to play Pikmin as a kid. Get their parents to know about this uh, 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 parenting method. Free whistles go out to these parents who want to make their kids be like Pikmin. And, and away you go. Let, let's the life of Dan Dury take over and the world will be a better place. Uh, what, I, uh, do, what do you think of this, John? That's hilarious. Like I, I, uh, I was at tar at a, I was at a store today, and there was a, a a woman with with her her kids, and the daughter was like wandering off somewhere, and uh, the mom was like, "Get over here, and let's go, we gotta get going." <laughs> and now, like the daughter ran up to her and was like, oh, "I won't do that again." But yeah, now now I should uh I should have told her about living life, Dandori. Yes, and. Uh, it would have been much better. Dandori is live. Everyone must <laughs> do Dandori. <laughs> it, it would work. You'd get the whistle, they'd come running to you, and, and yeah, like like one of the parents said, they, they <laughs> the kids start squeaking like Pikmin. It's uh, it's wonderful. So <laughs> the uh, uh, the Pikmin in in Pikmin Four, at least I don't know if they've done this in other. I don't remember, but they sing when they do. Yes, like they're just on uh, on Ochi's back or. They, yeah, you just hear them singing, so you could tell the kids to sing. Yeah, they just. I think this uh, hum along, and yeah, it'd be a great time. I, I think Nintendo solved children uh, or parenting issues. Yeah. I think they've done it. They've, they've finally cracked the case. Um, <laughs> so, so parents rest up, have that extra child. I feel now because you you know how to manage it. So, um, yeah, now now I have to have like a hundred children so I could. Get all of my my chores done. Uh.
<laughs> it would work. I think I think Miyamoto would be incredibly happy hearing all of this. And uh, this is this is what he wanted. This is the world of Pikmin. We we're finally entering. <laughs> finally done it. Um. But uh, John, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Really appreciate you navigating this episode along with me. Uh, for those who don't know, where can people find you? I'm uh, Johnny Bo everywhere: uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, the Communication Air Podcast, the Nintendo Powercast Podcast, and maybe Threads. But I haven't logged into that since day one. Oh yeah, Threads. I forgot about that. That's um. <laughs> Yeah, and I probably need to post on there a bit more, actually. So um, <laughs> I think I'll keep using X for now as well. I don't know. I don't, it's it's slowly yeah. my app is fully X now. There's no there's no uh, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I have X. It's reposting now instead of retweeting your posts instead of tweets. It's uh, yeah, I don't get it, but uh, it is what it is, isn't it? But um, everything to uh, John Ebo can be found in the show notes. I'm going to have that in there. Um, but thank you everyone for listening for tuning in all the support you give thank you to the Discord for their suggestions for the Pikmin types Um, another big episode in a couple of weeks we'll have a big guest Um, Pokemon Presents is on very soon so we'll talk about that any other news in the meantime but uh, thanks for now for listening and catch you next time see ya